0: You're listening to the Doctor Who Collectors Podcast, broadcast in mid-January 2022. Today, we talk about Sarah Jane Smith slash Elizabeth Sladen collectibles, and who better to talk to about that than my highest ranking guest to date. Sadie Miller, the daughter of Elizabeth Sladen, joins me. On Collection Protection, we showcase the brand new protection products for your Doctor Who trading and Typhoo tea cards our most outrageous offer has an autobiography priced way too high and now we know the secret of those high prices last we have an audio clip of elizabeth sladen as a police constable before her role on doctor who ready then please bring to the microphone to sing our theme song fraser Hines. Welcome back to the Doctor Who Collectors Podcast, the podcast that explores the family-friendly world of Doctor Who collecting, those who collect Doctor Who, issues surrounding Doctor Who collecting, and of course, all kinds of Doctor Who and related merchandise. I'm Larry Van Mersberg and your host and I've been collecting Doctor Who now for 40 years. I opened one of the first Doctor Who stores in Chicago that exclusively served Doctor Who fans, and I called it Bundles from Britain. And once I left that business many years ago, I thought it was going to be forgotten forever. But instead, I discovered it in a wonderful book called Red, White, and Who? The Story of Doctor Who in America. And Bundles from Britain lives on page 384. You can find a convenient link to buy this book on our front page of our website at Collectors.com. And I just want everyone to have a copy. We have no stake in the book, but get yourself a copy and it's a great read if you want to learn about how Dr. Who has impacted in America. I'm excited and, of course, very excited to say we are part of the Direction Point Dr. Who podcast network. You can find great Dr. Who podcasts at DirectionPoint.org. And if you are a Doctor Who podcaster, join the network today and join the ranks of podcasts like ours and Time Streams, Police Box in a Junkyard, the Doctor Who Target Book Club podcast, and Traveling the Vortex. For more information, go to directionpoint.org. And speaking of links, of course, I like to include these two wonderful resources for collectors that are absolutely free to use. Uh, The first, of course, is timelash.com. Under that umbrella is the TARDIS Library, and it's a great place to not only search out Doctor Who books, vinyl records, cassette tapes, VHS tapes, Betamax tapes, and other uh, CDs and other things like that, uh, but it's a great place to keep track of your collection. You can register for a free account and log those collectibles. Unfortunately, it doesn't include everything for Doctor Who, but a lot of the media items are included there. So we extend our special thanks to Mr. Dan O'Malley, who keeps that site operating for free. And if you're not sure exactly if you have something of worth or if it is indeed a Doctor Who collectible, you can find out more by looking it up at Howe's Transcendental Toy Box. You can find that at DoctorWhoToyBox.co.uk, And, of course, David J. Howe, a great friend and best resources for collectors. If you're looking for a great Doctor Who item at a great price, now look no further, of course, than store.com. That's owned by Alien Entertainment, and they have everything you need. And they're currently running a lot of sales on many items, and those sales will not last forever. Also find them on eBay. And if you happen to live in the Chicago suburbs, uh, you you can also select free pickup from the store, which is a wonderful way to save on shipping costs. You can also find other great Doctor Who items at one of our sponsors, Forbidden Planet. So you can just go to our website, DoctorWhoCollectors.com, select the link that says Doctor Who Merchandise Links, and see all of the items available from Forbidden Planet, as well as our eBay store. Items selected through uh, our website, of course, you pay the same price at Forbidden Planet, but we get a small portion of that to help benefit the podcast. In addition to all that wonderful stuff on our website, you will also find the complete guide to Doctor Who classic hardcover books. I'm talking about the books published by Alan Wingate, W.H. Allen, and Longbow from uh, 1974 to 1988. And we have them in publication order. We list reprints, we list approximate values based on uh, those prices as they're going today. And of course, Uh, We list a lot of reprints that some people didn't even know were reprinted and when those reprints stopped. We also are airing uh, more of our 10-part series on the classic hardcovers with our Doctor Who novelization expert Tony Witt in the coming months. Now that Chicago TARDIS 2021 is behind us in the rearview mirror, we are now looking forward in the future to Chicago TARDIS 2022. So to stay on top of that, keep chicagotardis.com in your shortcuts or bookmarks or however you store your links and experience the best Doctor Who convention in the Midwest. I am very honored by Chicago TARDIS to be the collection expert for them uh, officially And uh, I have presented panels on Doctor Who collecting as well as uh, presented on other topics as well. I'm a frequent speaker at Chicago TARDIS. If you want to catch my uh, collecting panel that was done for the virtual convention in 2020, it is still available online. You just go to the Chicago TARDIS YouTube or Facebook page, or you can go to the Doctor Who Collectors podcast YouTube page and select playlists, and we have that on there as well. It's a wonderful presentation from the Who Room, and it's absolutely free. I will have Chicago TARDIS updates as they happen. Uh, I want to, of course, include a special thank you to the sponsors of our podcast, which include Forbidden Planet, where you can get great Doctor Who merchandise. Bags Unlimited Incorporated, which sponsors our collection protection uh, bags and boxes and uh, acid-free containers that help protect, keep your collection fresh for years to come. They provided us with many giveaways that we did at the at the uh, Chicago TARDIS convention. Um, You can buy Forbidden Planet items, like I said before, directly on our website, Uh, and you can get most of your collection protection materials at bagsunlimited.com. Uh, one more link I want to share with you, nothing to do with the sponsorship, but just some great Doctor Who books um, that are coming out, and especially for the anniversary, the 60th anniversary coming up soon, and that's Telos Publications, and you'll find them at Telos. That's telos.co.uk, and yes, all of their items can be shipped to the United States. Coming up on today's show, uh, we are going to be talking about Sarah Jane Smith, Elizabeth Sladen collectibles. And my very, very special guest is Sadie Miller. She's the daughter of Elizabeth Sladen and currently portraying Sarah Jane Smith in the world of Big Finish. You can find more of those at BigFinish.com. We love stories. I also want to thank our patrons. Uh, If you'd like to help us out here and see exclusive video material that uh, you can't see in the podcast because it's an audio transmission, but we do have the video interviews and some special videos that we do about collectibles and showcasing some things up close and personal, you'll need to go to our Patreon page and subscribe at the $15 level or above. Um, I want to thank our current patrons, which include the Doctor Who Target Book Club podcast and many of those others who asked me not to read their name on the air. So to find us, you just go to patreon.com backslash Doctor Who Collectors Podcast, all one word. And of course, if you are not a Patreon person and you'd still like to support us, you can support us on Podbean. Uh, Podbean is a, a great podcast platform, and you can find us there at doctorwhocollectors.podbean.com. Click the Become a Patron button, and you can support us at any amount you feel comfortable with. In addition to that, you can go to our website at doctorwhocollectors.com and click on the PayPal Donate button, and give us a dollar, give us 10, give us whatever you want. Just If you want to help us keep the, uh, the bills down, we're more than happy. All the proceeds, by the way, go to Costs of Maintaining the Podcast. Our theme song is Who's Doctor Who, composed by the great Barry Mason and Les Reed, performed by our good friend, Fraser Hines. You can hear this podcast anywhere you get your podcasts now, including Stitcher Radio, Pandora, Amazon Music, and iHeartRadio. That's a new one. And, of course, Podbean and the usual Apple Podcasts. And you can also find this podcast wherever great podcasts are found. You can also find this podcast and other podcasts at the Direction Point Network. That's at directionpoint.org. So after the quick break, we will have Collection Protection, our main story, and our most outrageous offer, including how those prices get so high. We actually did um, just our next episode after this. We have an interview with David J. Howe on the New Who Adventures book. And David broke down how those prices get raised on various online stores. So we're going to share a little bit with uh, you today, but we'll let David explain it in our next episode. So stay tuned. Uh, We'll be right back
1: we also get the views of intermediate, casual, and novice fans who either have never seen the show or who have never read these books until these podcasts, including... Dalton Hughes. And... Alison fitch You can find us on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, or wherever you find good podcasts, or even ones like ours. You are listening to the Doctor Who Collectors Podcast, a Direction Point Podcast. Keep collecting!
0: I would like to invite you to take a trip across all of time and space.
2: Join us in the police box as we discuss the worlds of Doctor Who in a completely random order.
0: We discuss it all. TV stories, audio adventures, novels, non-fiction books, and on and on. I'm your host, Eric Branson. I would be very happy if you'd join me for the Police Box in the Junkyard podcast.
2: The Police Box in the Junkyard podcast is a proud partner of the Video Junkyard podcast and can be found on most major podcast platforms including SoundCloud, Podcast Addict, Stitcher Radio, Google Play, and Spotify.
0: You are listening to... The
2: Doctor Who Collectors podcast.
1: Sad, really, isn't it? People spend all that time making nice things and other people come along and break them.
0: And now it's time for Collection Protection. Collection Protection, sponsored by Bags Unlimited Incorporated. You can reach them at bagsunlimited.com or you can call them at 1 800 767 2247. If you do call, mention that you heard this on the Doctor Who Collectors Podcast. Unfortunately, I have no special deal for that, but just let them know that you heard it here. Um, so, Today, uh, you know, we mentioned in our main story, the Typhoo tea cards that went with the Amazing World of Doctor Who. You've got those with your Typhoo tea. And of course, there was an offer on the back for the wall chart. Uh, and of course, there's the book, The Amazing World of Doctor Who. I have all three of those things. I have all the cards, uh, the wall chart and the book. But protecting those cards, I mean, when I, when I got those cards, they were all together in one single sleeve, all jammed together. And I thought, well, that's not a good way to really protect those. So now they're they're in an individual, um, you know, very, they're kind of rigid card protectors at two and a half mil. And I'm I'm thinking all of my trading cards should be in those. So uh, Bags Unlimited has some new items for trading cards. And these trading cards are all standard size cards, which work with the Doctor Who Tops cards, the Doctor Who trading cards, the Flux card game. Um, cards from the Doctor Who Strawberry Fair uh, board game, uh, and any kind of card that you want to protect with regard to Doctor Who. So these are new products uh, in the trading card supplies category at BagsLimited.com, And so uh, a lot of these items uh, have uh, really thick, uh, good thickness here. Cardboard, uh, top loader cards uh, with 30-point thickness, Uh, Some of them are have recessed corners. Some of them have side load. Some of them have um, are there's these even display Cases if you want to if you need a card stand if you want to display your cards on a shelf They've got those the one touch card holder stand and the PSA graded card stand as well As well as the mold card stand, which is more like an easel so uh, there's also a magnetic card holder if you want to stick them to your fridge you know, however you want to display those. So um, I, they're highly rated. Uh, of course, Bags Unlimited makes items to show for long-term per- protection as well as short-term and they also have, uh, if you know, if you go further into the trading card uh, supply thing, they have boxes, they have plastic boxes that are a bit more water resistant, especially if you store stuff in a basement like I do, because um, that's just where I have it. And many of those things are on high shelves and above the ground. But still, you know, you want to make sure that you protect it as best you can. Um, the investment, of course, in protection depends upon what you're protecting, the more valuable the item, the more money you should spend on protecting it, and that's something that you know is kind of goes with that collection uh, protection is making sure that you have the right materials. I would, I would, uh, to be honest, I'm going to ask to avoid buying um, protective bags and things from Amazon because I've noticed I've I've gotten a few of those just to try them out, and they don't protect the items as well. As bags unlimited now bags unlimited has been around since 1981 and i've been buying their bags since 1984 so they have never let me down the stuff that i've had in bags since 1984 have never faded uh, are still in really great shape they've lasted all this time even moving various places i've moved so I can't say enough about how wonderful this company is, and they are not paying me to say that. That is because I used my own experience as a collector for 40 years, 40 years, sorry. And I want to make sure that you get the best that is available. Uh, we also, I remember, showcased the, um, the bags, the, 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 the book bags that fit the classic hardcovers exactly exactly. And we've even had uh, people from overseas split the cost on those because so, they didn't need 100. They needed like 40, and somebody else needed 20, and they were able to split the cost on a, on a, ba- on a set. So it's, it's a wonderful thing to do. So anyway, the, uh, trading cards and new products for those are all available at BagsUnlimited.com. So thank you for listening. This was Collection Protection.
1: I'm
2: Katie Haynes, or as some of you might know me, The Doctor. You can find me at gangel 44 on TikTok, and you have been listening to the Doctor Who Collectors Podcast. Keep collecting! Speaking of which, I got this one, and I've got all of these. I really should have a display for these.
0: And now it's time for the main story. 48 years ago, in January of 1974, the world of Doctor Who changed forever. The most popular companion to ever travel with the Doctor was brought onto the screen. And Sarah Jane Smith appeared in episode one of The Time Warrior, per, going alongside the third Doctor, John Pertwee. Sarah Jane, of course, was played by the late Elizabeth Sladen. The character would continue to the fourth Doctor and leaving his travels on October 23, 1976. She would return to television on December 28, 1981, which is 41 years ago, for K9 and Company which sadly uh, was a failed pilot, but a wonderful story. She did come back for the 30th anniversary special, Dimensions in Time, and did two of the very first Doctor Who audio stories, The Ghosts of Space and the Paradise of Death with John Pertwee, which was kind of a precursor to the Big Finish world. But she was not done. She would return to join the third Doctor again on November 23rd, 1983 for The Five Doctors. She would again join the 10th Doctor in an episode called School Reunion on April 29th, 2006 with our popular K9. This was, of course, getting ready for her own television adventure, the Sarah Jane Adventures, which started January 1st, 2007 and lasted until October 18th, 2011. She would then appear with the 11th Doctor and with Joe Grant, played by Katie Manning, her immediate predecessor on Doctor Who. And she would do one more Doctor Who appearance with David Tennant in The Stolen Earth and Journey's End in 2008. Sadly, Elizabeth Sladen passed away on April 19th, 2011. During her time on and off Doctor Who, many items were made using her likeness, including books, records, videotapes, action figures, and much more. I am greatly honored to introduce my guest today, Sadie Miller, the daughter of Elizabeth Sladen and currently playing... Sarah Jane Smith for Big Finish. Welcome to the Doctor Who Collectors podcast, Sadie.
2: Oh, thank you so much for having me. It's lovely to be here.
0: Thank you so much. Um, I met Sadie at uh, first on Instagram and then in person at Chicago TARDIS. And I believe that was your first convention, is that right?
2: It wasn't, no, but it was my oh, no. first one okay. overseas. I'd done a couple in the UK. <clears throat> the first,
0: first first convention in the United States. So <laughs> we'll, we'll go there. Um, yeah. And so uh, what was your opinion of Chicago TARDIS?
2: Oh, it was fantastic. It was so lovely to get to see everyone. And I think the American conventions are so much bigger than the UK. Yes. Um, and so many amazing cosplayers and just such a great community feel of people. It was really wonderful.
0: Well, I wanted to share with you a comment. I had posted a, a preview of this podcast on Facebook and the, and the first comment that came in this morning, and I have to read it to you. I loved meeting her in Chicago. I have fallen in love with her as much as I had with Liz, truly an amazing young woman with lots of talent and very compassionate. So you definitely left an impact on the fans here.
2: Lovely, thank you. Oh, how wonderful.
0: (laughs) Absolutely. Now, um, going back, back in time, I I met your mom uh, first at two conventions. Uh, The first one was in November of 84, which she was pregnant at the time. So you were technically there as well. (laughs) Um, That was the first time I saw her. She did a panel with uh, John Pertwee. And uh, later with Tom Baker, he was at that convention and it was uh, I had a, uh, just a brief moment to, to shake her hand and say hello. Uh, but then I saw her again in the next year in 1985, November of 85. You had been born, of course, earlier that year. So she came back and I had about a five minute conversation with her. Of course, back in the 80s, there were no smartphones or ways to co- Contact. So it was just my my memory of uh, sitting in the hotel lobby at the Hyatt Regency, uh, and she was just sitting there just enjoying a, a cup, I believe, of either coffee or tea. I don't remember what she had, but I just I just wanted to say I said, you know, my entire childhood, you know, you were one of the greatest people that I've ever had to see on on Doctor Who because she was my second companion growing up in Chicago. We um, I started watching the show in 1975. And uh, they started with the John Pertwee episodes uh, with Joe Grant. And then, of course, moving into uh, Sarah Jane Smith with Liz Slayden, And I said, it was just, you know, she was not the damsel in distress. She was definitely not the, the you know, the the screaming companion. She was definitely an independent woman. And I remember just the, you know, um, I believe it's Ark in Space when uh, Ian Martyr picks her up and she's like, put me down. <laughs> <laughs> I do not need your help, and I I, th- I just remember that as being wow. That was the most powerful thing I ever saw. So, um, of course, my first question with you, of course, being born in 1985, uh, Doctor Who was essentially off the air when you became of age. But what was the first um, your first experience watching Doctor Who?
2: So it was just watching it at home with mum. Really, I am. Um... I, as you say, hadn't really gotten awareness of the programme because it wasn't on air when I was growing up. But there were still kids my age that knew about it and, you know, would play about it in the playground and things. Um, but it was just at home with the old, you know, VHS tapes. Um, just right. <laughs> watching them with my mum. My I remember watching Pyramids of Mars, I think. was oh, yes. Ones. Um, I think that was one of mum's favourite stories and one that she felt I might be interested in because it's quite um, a fun exciting story, I think. Even if you're not interested in Doctor Who, I think a lot of the stories are good adventure stories, aren't they really? Not just um, necessarily science fiction. So I, I definitely remember watching that growing up.
0: Well, I have to agree. Pyramids of Mars is one of my all-time favorite stories because it's it's a story where you have um, the Doctor really has to make a decision because he even goes to the future and says, here's what will happen if we do nothing. And, and Sarah, of course, my favorite picture, and I wish I had one, uh, BBC photos used to issue these, but it's her with the rifle. Um, and, yeah. yeah. And just, just that, that, that rifle shot. And I believe it's on the cover. I have some covers to show you as we go forward, but um, just, uh, you know, just one of those stories. And I, and I know just reading some of your uh, background, that, that is one of the stories you studied for the character um, of Sarah Jane that you portray on Big Finish. And I just happened to, um, you know, finish uh, both of those. I have here the Return of the Cybermen, uh, which was the original Revenge of the Cybermen script before it got edited. And, and I, I think this is a better one than Revenge of the Cybermen uh, myself. I thought this was absolutely a much better story. It made better sense to me now that I watched them both back and forth. And I just started uh, into the Third Doctor Adventures um, where you're with John Pertwee, uh, Chim Traylor, I should say, and, and, and these characters. And so, I mean, uh, working with, uh, what was it like working with Tom Baker? I don't know if you actually were with him or it was all virtual. I don't know how that worked, but
2: no. So for the very first ones, it was pre COVID. So it was November, 2019, I think. Yes. Oh, wonderful.
0: <laughs> wonderful.
2: Know, room. <laughs> that was lovely. Oh. Um, he's, he's such a great fun guy. I mean, quite you know mischievous and and naughty as well but you know the character (laughs) so well so it kind of eases you into the process but it was it was a lot of fun and just sitting and and chatting with him as well because I've sort of seen him sporadically over the years but um I don't sort of know him very well so it was it was really nice just to, to get to see him again.
0: Well, that's great. Yeah. He, I, I met him uh, twice in my life and he was uh, just somebody who really loved his fans. He loved the attention. Uh, He even uh, in Chicago here, he even appeared on the local news. Uh, He went to the news station and I guess the the guy that was interviewing him had never heard of him, but but people, but people in the newsroom, when they saw him walk in, they thought, "Oh my gosh, it's Tom Baker," <laughs> and and they're like, "Yeah, the people like saw you come in and they thought it was Paul Newman walking in the door or something like uh-huh. that." And 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 Tom was just he treated the guy exactly the way he would in an interview with somebody who had no idea who he was, and it was just a really good interview. And he was there to promote the Spirit of Light Convention in eighty four, uh, which uh, which was a, a probably the biggest, it was my first convention in Chicago. Um, I was, uh, I was very young and uh, it was just a wonderful experience to see five, you know, five doctors on stage and, you know, experience the, the, the thing that was, you know, it was just a, a three day, it was a three day event. It was the biggest thing that had ever been done in Chicago. And there were thousands of people there. So it was really wonderful. Um, so, um, was there a lot of Dr. Who memorabilia in your home growing up? Did she keep a lot of things? Did were there things around that um that you like were able to see or uh, experience?
2: Sure. I mean, I think she had little bits and bobs, but to be honest, because I don't know the show in depth enough mm-hmm. I'm sure that there's stuff that's probably from Doctor Who that I don't even realise um, that that's, you know, okay. what, what it's from. Um, and after she she passed away, a lot of people did contact me and my dad to ask, you know, did we have anything that we would want to auction or maybe sell or whatever? And I don't feel that we actually do have have that much stuff. I know that mum kept um, Owly, the little owl toy from Hand of Oh, Corn. yeah, yeah. Yeah. Sure.
0: Sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's. I, I, I. love that story as well.
2: And <laughs> um, story, isn't it? Because I think they were going to kill off the character originally.
0: Yes, and I'm. I'm so glad. You know, I read some of that uh, background about. You know that the initial and and the backlash was. Um, yeah. <laughs> I mean you can't do that. I mean if, if you go I mean right now if you go online and you say who is the most popular character on Doctor Who nine times out of ten it's Sarah Jane Smith oh,
1: wow. and, and
0: and that's and that's going from the old to the new. so I mean since she actually appeared in both series and had her own run and and had a lot of um, a lot of popularity the number one costume in 1984 at that convention was uh, the Andy Pandy overalls, with the dark hair and and people and some with spiders on their back and uh, things like that and 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 I remember um, some of those people walking into the loose laden things and she would comment on that like wow they look great or those costumes look better than what I had and 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 uh, I'm just gonna show you real quick that's what um, they when they did the funko um, that's the Andy Pandy I don't know if you have this one but this is Yeah, you do, Sarah. And uh, I love that outfit. And of course, she's got the ring, the the Eldrad ring, (laughs) and uh, she's like, Eldrad must live. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So just now, um, now, when you were growing up, did any of the Doctor Who actors visit and, and? See you around the house or visit Liz at all or no, not at all?
2: No, no, not really. I mean, my, I guess people have an idea that actors are very sociable and go to lots of parties and lots of events and stuff, but my, my parents weren't like that at all really. So, um, not really. I, my mom told me that Ian Marta came to the house once when I was a baby, mm-hmm. um, and his wife, I think her name is Matty. She used okay. to- come to the house sometimes after he'd passed away just to, to catch up with mum. but not really. I mean, I don't ever remember anyone really from.
0: Wow. Okay. Well, that, that sounds, that sounds about right. I mean, sometimes um, I know that works uh, in, you know, in Hollywood circles too. They don't often, you know, unless they happen to live in the neighborhood. Um, I know like Jack Nicholson lived next door to, um, Um, Oh, gosh, I can't think of his name off the top. it'll come later, but he lived next to a famous guy that they talked all the time, but otherwise they never see people unless you're in a project.
2: Sure. Yeah. And
0: exactly. and, and uh, I had a chance to to view other projects that your mom was in. I saw her as a police constable, and 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 other. And I also noticed that she was in a movie with Jerry and the Pacemakers, uh, uncredited. And I thought that's awesome because uh, well, my I, I'm a music teacher by day, and I teach a history of popular music class. And I remember including parts of that film. And I'm like, I gotta see this film again so I can see if I can spot her in the movie because uh, that's that was so cool. When I looked at her her. Bio. Body of work, and just just some amazing um, her accents and her you know her, her ability to deliver, and it was just really something else. Um, so I have a few items to share with you and and our listeners, of course, uh, our listeners. If you're if you're listening to this uh, interview uh, and you want to see some of these things that we're doing, you can visit us on our Patreon page, and of course. See the interview and our interaction here with Sadie Miller. Uh, first of all, I love your glasses. Oh, by the way, those are those are those are the glasses I wore when I was a teenager. <laughs> uh, those are awesome. Oh, thank I mean, you. Big, they, the big glasses are really I mean just really cool and uh, just just some great stuff um, I wanted uh, first the first thing I want to ask you about was I I watched a, a BBC interview you did about ten years ago and you said you saw a life-size cardboard cutout of your mom in some guy's living room and called it strange so uh, um, those are still out there I don't have one but um, they're going they're going for about a hundred pounds uh, right now and oh God. Uh, they're Still, still available, and I know those were licensed by uh, by a celebrity car bird cutout. You can get one from David Tennant, and you can get one from for for her and for other other actors. Um, the only thing I was really disappointed about is in in the seventies when Dennis Fisher did their action figures, they did not do a Sarah Jane action figure. They did a Leela action figure, and the Leela action figure didn't sell very well. But I think the Sarah Jane one would have sold a lot better if they had done one. They didn't. Do a Sarah Jane action figure until oh. most recently, but I'll I'll go back in, in time for media. These are things that were produced before you were born, but our, one, one of our first artwork pieces. This is a this is a laser disc of the Ark in space oh wow and a laser disc um I, I don't know if you know what laser discs but uh, they, they were giant cds basically that was supposed to this was supposed to take over revolutionize home video and of course it didn't and this is the uk uh one uh from pal they did I'm, not release yeah, this so. one in the united states but it's a it's a wonderful here's the here's the back here um oh, wow. to keep the glare off of that. But yeah, lots of pictures of your mom on on that, and the artwork on the front. Just a uh, a lovable story. Of course, the guy in the uh, bubble wrap, the green bubble wrap. <laughs> I love the BBC. Oh,
1: so
0: just uh, just that that was the. Uh, that media, of course, the home home video was very popular. I have my oh, copy of Canine yeah. and Company. Uh, just I, it was uh, when we heard about it here in the United States, I was uh, I remember when it came out and they did not show it here. So we had to, um, through other means, try to get a hold of a copy to, to watch here. And a whole bunch <laughs> of my friends sat around the TV and we just just glued ourselves to watching canine and company. It was just a a favorite, a favorite of mine. And it's sad that it it didn't move on to the next thing, but that's, that's show business as they say, you know, well, we don't have the ratings. So, but, uh, and of course she got very involved in, uh, um, she did this as part of, you know, she, when she filmed Genesis of the Daleks, um, they made it into an album and did a, a narration you know, it's kind of an audio version. It's narrated by Tom Baker and there's her, um, her, her image on the front cover with Ian Martyr and uh, Michael Wisher and Tom Baker. And um, that came out back in the seventies. I've never seen that before. Oh, you've never seen that one. Oh, no, wow. Very cool. Well then you probably don't know about Dr. Who and the Pescatons.
2: That, that one I have seen. So my parents okay. have artwork in their house, but I've never listened to oh, it. Oh, wow. Is it, um,
0: a record. Yeah, this is a record. Uh, and uh, they, they did it. This is the first, I think the first audio adventure uh, mm-hmm. that was done in uh, it's Tom Baker, Elizabeth Slayton, and one other actor doing, um, doing the, uh, doing the audio. And it's a it's a very short story about the, the pescatons. It was a very popular um, offering came out in the UK, did not come out here. Oh. And they, they did. Uh, they also released, um, that on cassette so doctor who the pescatons and there are there's a cassette in there of the same thing same artwork
2: so so retro isn't it the packaging it's just great
0: oh i love it that's what uh, that's why you know i've I've been a doctor Who collector for 40 years so it's been um since 1881 i started i bought a few things and then of course it started to expand you know to (laughs) You know, I got um, I got a gift uh, the the Doctor and the Daleks poster in the back. That's on canvas, and it's hard to see underneath it. But the the artwork underneath there is the original artwork from the 1972 uh, Radio Times uh, with John Pertwee and the Daleks in color. Oh
1: wow! And
0: that was by Frank Bellamy, and I was able to get that. And then, of course, the the TARDIS uh, decal on the door was. A favorite of mine too, but um, just the uh, when I when I started the podcast about three years ago, I I opened I actually opened up the first Doctor Who store in Chicago back in eighty four, oh. and we went from an, a, and, and my my partner was Gene Smith by the way, so Nobody. that's where we Nobody. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, so I was on the ground floor <laughs> of all this and, um, uh, I sold back, uh, I sold my share of the company to him in 89. I went to college, I became a teacher. And then, um, I honestly learned, about six or seven years ago that Gene was still doing it. And, uh, he has a wonderful shop in Lombard, uh, the alien entertainment store, uh, and a great guy. I've known him for years. Uh, he and I were in the doctor who many companions, of doctor who fan club back in the eighties. And, um, That's how that's how we all just a bunch of friends getting together. And and we ended up starting a shop and we used to take (laughs) it to the conventions. And we we sold things like the cassette version of Pescatons. That was really something. Now, they recently um, they actually reissued uh, Doctor Who and the Pescatons just recently. This is a new vinyl issue and they 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 combined it with the sound effects record. So it, this is uh, this is something you can still get on Amazon, oh, as wow. a matter of fact, just a beautiful, um, beautiful thing. And uh, I don't know. Um, this is something I, I put this on Instagram recently, but this is the uh, Pescatons uh, from the Australian Record Club. And her picture just is appearing on the on the back cover there. But it's the same record, but you could only get this if you uh, bought it through the Australian Record Club. I got it. Um, I got this a few years ago from a guy who was selling records in Australia. And I said, wow, I got to have that.
2: <laughs> Amazing. I, um, yeah, I think I shared it on Instagram and, and someone else, a friend of mine who's very into Doctor Who said that he'd never seen it either. It's very rare, I think.
0: Yeah, I've only seen that's the only copy I've ever seen for sale. I've, yeah. I have I t- I tend to look every once in a while. I do a lot of research just to see because I'm trying to keep my listeners up to date on what's what's priced right and what's out there. And mm-hmm. that particular record, I have not seen anywhere. So it might be sitting in somebody's you know living or somebody's basement in Australia somewhere uh that you could get that but you could only get it through the record club and record clubs were like book clubs basically where you had to order directly from the publisher you had to sign up for a certain number of things and then you got these records and they were never sold in stores so that record was never available in a store to start with oh, wow. um we We have a few of those in in Doctor Who. uh, There were a couple of books uh, done here in the 80s by Nelson Doubleday that you could only get through the book club. And so those, of course... You know, if you have one uh, there, you, you, you couldn't get them in a store. That was the whole thing. Now, uh, your mom first appeared on a Target book. Actually, it was a hardcover back in 1973. This is the Planet of the Spiders in hardcover um, with a dust jacket and only from her back <laughs> with the spider. And I'll never forget um, that scene because John Perwee looks at her and goes, oh, good grief. <laughs> just just like oh really (laughs) (laughs)
1: oh
2: it's a gorgeous
0: cover oh i know and they did it of course in paperback as well uh and it's a it's a wonderful story it's a uh sarah jane is one of the few companions to actually witness a regeneration so was able to understand um even when you know later she met the David Tennant doctor and, and the Matt Smith doctor understood, uh, even understood it more because Joe Grant didn't quite understand it because she never witnessed it. She kind of said, I heard something <laughs> about that, but but didn't know it. And uh, that's actually one of the best, um, one of the best scenes I ever saw was that um, episode of Sarah Jane where she was with Katie Manning. And I thought, what a great pairing. I think those two would have been, I wish there was a way that they could have crossed over. That would have been even better. But um, I I actually talked with Katie Manning yesterday. We've been in touch for, 30-plus years. Uh, So – because I was curious um, about um, when you – on that same BBC interview, you had a necklace that Katie had given your mom and said it was from Liza Minnelli, and I said – Katie, is that true? <laughs> Apparently it is. <laughs> <It's> so, <funny. laughs> yes, she's, she confirmed it.
2: Oh, my gosh, because I've never known, obviously, for sure, because my mom um, gave it to me after Katie gave it to her, because I obviously a huge Judy Garland fan, you know. Yes, the, yeah. Girl, and, oh, my gosh.
0: So yeah, apparently that is true. So I, I just I said, hey Katie, and we we talk all the time. So that was it was not a and unfortunately her eyesight is is not as good as it used to be. She's having a lot of trouble with with sight. So um, we've been talking uh, we talk on Twitter nowadays. So it's a it's a wonderful. Wonderful thing, but we used to write letters back and forth. I met her in 1985, and we, we just had a nice bond. And so I said, "She said, keep in touch. Here's here's my address." You know, I'm like, "Wow, okay, I'll do that. I'll write a letter. I'll write." And then of course, I thought, "I'll never hear back." And then I I got a letter back. I'm like, hey, "This is great." So the Doctor Who people are so wonderful, and just, and just uh, you know when I when I interact with people like, um, of course, you got to interact with Fraser Hines. He's an amazing uh, person on, on just on top of the fact that he's the longest running character in Doctor Who, and he treats everybody with, you know, super respect and is is funny and uh, a bit naughty himself sometimes and just just really funny. Uh, He and Colin Baker shared a stage at Chicago TARDIS, and they were kind of fighting back and forth about their age. So I'm looking up their age, and of course... Uh, Fraser is one year older than Colin. <laughs> so it's, <laughs> so they weren't even that close to, they're both, uh, they're both in their, um, 77 and 78, I believe. So they're not quite in their eighties yet. Uh-huh. And then I, 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 I also talked to Peter Purvis a lot. I don't know if you know, Peter. Yeah. Just, uh, um, he and I had a great conversation at Chicago Tardis. He had never seen the reconstruction of the Feast of Stephen, which is the one episode of Dalek Master Plan that never got exported from England. It was a Christmas episode and um, one of the groups had actually put together a photo snap um, and he had never seen it. So I sent it to him and he was just, oh, this is amazing. I mean, this is the only way you're ever going to get to see this. Unless somebody recreates it someday, but that's, it's just a, what a, you know, he was such a a wonderful guy, had a lot of great stories about William Hartnell and, um, and working with Doctor Who, just, uh, just some great stuff. Uh, Okay, back to the, back to the books here. Of course, uh, she, she basically, uh, this is a copy of Giant Robot. And oh, yeah. I'm sorry, I wow. hitting my, hitting my mic, but she's she's uh, we do the Fey Ray thing here where you know the robot picks her up, <laughs> yeah. and yeah, the, King, the Kong. King Kong reference. Oh, wow. So she's on that artwork. This is the first edition of the book, the second edition of the book, there's uh, just a picture of a robot on it. So the, this is the oh, one that has Sarah. Seen.
2: Oh, wow, I've never seen this yeah, one, never <gasps>
0: seen this one. Okay, yeah, that's uh, that's wonderful. It's a great. That's a great cover. This is, the, of course, the uh, original Chris Achilleos um, artwork. And, and sadly, we, we lost Chris uh, just recently. Uh, just uh, um, broke my heart because uh, I had him booked for the podcast in February. Wow. Um, yeah. And, uh, was, we were just, uh, you know, he sent, he sent me a wonderful print. I know you can. I've got a print of the day of the Daleks cover with, uh, he personalized it and all that. It was just, you know, he's a, I, I met him many years ago and we've been talking back and forth for a long time. And I just, I had no idea how ill he was. And, um, just, uh, and so, um, and of course he did this one as well. I know this is the original, uh, pyramids of Mars, um, cover your mom holding the gun, of course.
2: Oh, wow.
0: It's a great, it's a great picture. And she, um, you know, this is of course one of the best stories that she was ever in, I believe. Just, just an amazing thing. Now this is, uh, it's kind of small in the corner, but this is the seeds of doom. Oh yes, uh, A great oh, story. I mean, uh, there's that, that scene where the guy holds her arm out. All right, let's see what happens. <laughs> it's terror, It's actually a terrifying episode. Um, there were, there were some moments where I thought, Oh my gosh. And, um, and of course, her 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 final story, The Hand of Fear, where they have her on the front cover there.
2: Oh, lovely.
0: Just a, I mean, I thought I thought Chris always, you know, ca- it looks like a photograph. It's that good. She he was such a he was so good at capturing. Uh, then they went to photographs here. This is a later uh, edition of The Paradise of Death.
2: Ah, uh, Oh, Yes.
0: And she's on the front cover of that. That's a. It's it's not a not a great story, but it's one of my favorite audios because it was the last. I believe it was the last project John Pertwee did before his passing.
2: Oh wow! I didn't know
1: that.
0: Gosh. Yeah, because this was this was in early '93, and he passed away in later in '93. Uh, This one here, I don't know if you've seen this one. This is a missing adventure called "The Device of Death." It was a a script that was never produced. I and the.
2: I think the artwork. We have like a print of it in my parents have it in their dining room. But I, I don't. Oh,
0: wonderful! The story. Okay, yeah. This is one I have not read yet, but this is apparently a, a story that was from that um, that's that season of Doctor, that first season of Tom Baker that they never filmed. Oh,
1: and so they have
0: okay. they. I know Big Finish uh, was trying to get the rights to most of these to try to redo mm-hmm. this. So if they do, you might be on for this <laughs> one. <laughs> Oh, no. Um sadly uh when they did the K9 and Company uh, theme song they didn't put your mom on the cover they just put K9 on the cover <laughs> but It's a it's a catchy little tune but uh, uh, John Leeson, of course, that was his uh, his singing debut. <laughs> and uh, he, he's another he's another man with a million stories and just uh, said, uh, you know, when I was doing Crown Court. <laughs> uh, <he> would, <laughs> and Patrick Troughton was the litigator <laughs> and, and stuff like I'm that. Thing. He would t- he would tell all these great stories about the all these projects he was in and and how, you know, just and how doing K-9 was his 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 platform you know that's like you know i did all these wonderful things and then i did this and all of a sudden i'm a huge celebrity <laughs> and i know that uh you know when when actors join doctor who they get this little warning from their you know from other actors like uh let me just uh, make you aware of the fans <laughs> there, there and um when i met Tosin cole last year who is traveling with Jody Wicker. I said, did anybody call you to warn you about these? He says, yes. <laughs> I said, well, how do you feel? He said, oh, this is great. He says, I've done Shakespeare for years and I could walk down the street. Now I walk down the street and people are like, hey, you're the guy with the doctor. <laughs> it's like, so it's, it's, it's really something how that changes. Um, of course, this is, um, this is the uh, program from TARDIS 22 uh, that uh, in 1985, and they have oh, let's see if I can get to the page here. uh let's see. here she is in the corner there. I'll try to get that up there. Oh, bit yeah. Slayton yeah
1: oh.
0: when she appeared at that convention this was uh, this was the last uh of the spirit of light conventions, and uh I'll, I'll tell you a quick story about it because uh the guy that ran this had uh, hired John Pertwee to sign three thousand posters. And unfortunately, and this was just a sad thing, but nobody was keeping track of how many posters he was signing. So as he was signing, they were slipping more posters into the pile. (laughs) And at the at the end of that session, John Pertwee was not happy. And he said, I know there were more than 3000 posters. So after that, it started and he started it with Fraser Hines to get a guy to sit next to him with a clicker to make sure. So so during autographs, Frazier will have a guy next to him counting to make sure that he's signing the correct number that he gets paid for.
2: Oh, wow. Oh, I didn't know that. Gosh.
0: And, and that goes back to 1985. Uh, unfortunately, yeah, Spirit of Light went bankrupt. Uh, so TARDIS 23 never happened. But what did happen was the the contact information and everything got gathered together. And that's when Gene Smith put on Visions 90. The first, North American Doctor Who convention passed this. So, that we kind of learned from. We were both, Gene and I were both at this convention. We were both dealers. We had our shop at this convention.
2: So and I how it was working. And
0: yes, absolutely. And uh, so, we were doing uh, not only just being in the dealer's room, but he was also scanning the convention, you know, like the 24 hour video room was something that was left over from this and, um, and better organization of photographs and autographs. Because in those days, you basically walked into a room and there was a long table at the end and people were all sitting and you basically maneuvered to where you were going. And there was no organization or a time. And if you couldn't get everybody in that time period, then you were just out of luck. And so So it was it was not very well organized. And uh, there was some complaints about, um, you know, that the the guests didn't get paid right away or there was some problems with that and or travel problems and things of that nature. So, you know, so Gene always makes sure he takes really good care of all of the guests. I mean, I'm sure he treated you with extreme um, professionalism and got you there, got you home, you know. (laughs) That's that's his big thing, and it's it's um, you know he's he's behind the scenes most of the time, but he's the one taking care of everybody. Just a just an amazing thing. Um, VHS. Uh, I, I have some of these from these are from the the UK releases. The Time Warrior, of course, the very first appearance. It's still one of my favorite stories. I mean, I I love um, how she sneaks into this thing and and becomes the 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 next. Companion of uh, of Doctor Who and the first appearance of the Santarans on top of that as well. So um, the Time Warrior. The next one, uh, I still I love this one as well. But Invasion of the Dinosaurs.
2: Oh
1: yeah,
0: great yeah. story. Um, you know, and uh, she's uh, she's she's in there somewhere. Yeah, she's she's on the cover somewhere. But uh, just a, a a really great story for that. I also loved her in the Monster of Peladon. Just a just a really great story for her, of course. he He's going back to Peladon um, and, and trying to find the king who, of course, died because it's 100 years in the future. And and I guess Big Finish just did another story with David Troughton again. Yes,
2: I um, think so, about Peladon, didn't they? Yes.
0: Yeah, but bringing back King Peladon, and I thought, what a great thing. The most popular story in the United States, of course, was Genesis of the Daleks. Oh,
2: really? Oh, I didn't and, think that. And,
0: This one was shown more in at least in this area than any other story uh, because it was the you know the origin of the Daleks and uh, of course Sarah and and Ian Martin Ian Martyr and Liz Sladen were just amazing in this Michael Wisher uh, plays Davros and of course Michael Wisher used to do the Dalek voices in the in the Pertwee era so he was kind of a a starter for that and just just a just a really great story we got it shown many many times Um, the Planet of Evil. It's a great picture of her on the front. I don't know. I don't actually know who does the artwork for the VHS. They don't list that person. And it's not something, but they did a really nice job um, on those tapes. Just a a, a great story. Uh, here's the seeds of doom. Oh, wow. That's a, that's a wonderful, wonderful story. The, the, the crinoid here, the wonderful oh, yes. <laughs> plant creature. Now, um, the androids of death, they show her with her face off. Oh yeah, <laughs> that was actually a, one of the that cliffhanger when the, the falls to the ground and the faceplate comes off, and I'm like, ah, <laughs> that was a great cliffhanger.
1: Oh yeah, it's and
0: uh, and of course, this is a wonderful picture for the hand of fear. Peaceful. That's it's just a just a she was a beautiful lady. I mean, just a just absolutely one of the one of my favorite things that was done. uh Chris Achilleos, of course, did this. I don't know if you've seen this book before, The Amazing World of Doctor Who. Um, this, uh, this was a program of most of firstly of trading cards.
2: Oh, okay. so,
0: so there was, uh, so I'll see if I can show you this. This is a, the trading yeah. card, uh, for Sarah Jane Smith. There's only one. And basically the, the, the trading card, um, there's a bunch of them. There's you can TARDIS and the doctor and on the back, it said you could send, you know, a pound, it's like a pound 99 for the wall chart. Oh. and. And of course, uh, the wall chart. I don't know if I'm going to be able to show you the whole wall chart here, oh, but goodness. I'll do my best here.
1: But
2: oh wow, oh, is that gorgeous? Oh, you yeah, could so, cards. Oh.
0: So yeah, so there's a place here to put the cards. Yeah. So uh, the doctor, the doctor card, stick card number one here. But that's a, just a beautiful. Um, this is the the only. I believe it's the only cover that Chris Achilios did with your mom and in, in that in that style. And it's really nice. I mean, just a just a beautiful poster. Just a oh gosh. And and of course, this was not available in the United States. I, I got lucky and was able to get the book and the uh um the book. And of course, there's a story in the book where they have a <laughs> picture of your mom that was drawn in there and it's uh the only story in there with sarah but it's uh, it's just it's hard to see but she's she's back there behind tom just a just a beautiful beautiful thing of course she also um her her very first uh appearance in doctor who magazine was uh on issue number seven of doctor who weekly oh yes oh wow And uh, that was that was her first appearance on a Doctor Who magazine, and of course, the first time they did a, a, a spotlight on her was in the eleventh issue.
2: Oh gosh! Oh wow!
0: And of course, Doctor Who magazine did many many uh, um, things with her. There was also uh, I don't know if you've seen these trading cards.
2: <laughs> the canine and company one. Oh gosh!
0: Yep. Oh, wow. and Company. Actually, I think this. I think this is Five Doctors. Uh, when she fell down the uh, hill.
2: fell down the hill. That's what I'm thinking of. Yes. Yeah. Like,
0: yeah. Right purple mask. These, yeah. <laughs> these were these were out during the uh, during the early '90s. And so you know, I, and of course, you know, whenever I whenever I, I see all this stuff being produced, you know, it makes me wonder. You know, I hope your mom got paid for all this.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure she. Did. I'm sure she- she so chased it up. Oh gosh, how funny! Gosh, there's
0: yeah, so it's, it's stuff. Just <gasps> just a, just a, a lot, and, and this is just scraping the surface. When when um uh when I uh when I do my research, of course, David J. Howe is a wonderful uh, friend of ours. I don't know if you know David. Um, he uh, he runs uh, he has a website called the Doctor Who Toy Box. And so, when you go to the Toy Box website, you you put in Sarah Jane Smith, and everything that was ever produced. Uh, comes up and it includes things like you know there were copies of her headshot that were sold Uh, BBC photos released uh, some official photographs I'm pretty sure there's also some unofficial photographs out there that happens every once in a while the cardboard cutout of course Um, all the newer action figures you know of course you know Big Finish does get into that action figure market so you might see the Sadie Miller action figure um, in in due time (laughs) you never know Uh, that would be fun Actually, I would love to have one. That would be, that'd be great <laughs> to surreal. add that to the, to, to do that. Absolutely. Uh, and just, uh, just the things that, that had, and of course, sometimes there were BBC photos of her from other productions. There's a really wonderful photo I saw of her in that police constable uniform from that show she did just a, that hostage episode. And, um, some of the other things that, you know, that were just not related to Dr. Who. And of course, uh, just the the things of you know, lots of canine and company videos and tapes and things like that. Just a lot oh. of things that came out. Uh, one of the other things that's one of my favorites is that she has a recipe in the Doctor Who cookbook. I don't know <laughs> if you knew that.
1: I've never um, seen. Google. Oh my gosh! Ah!
0: Oh no! And uh, so I got to ask. This was the. Uh, Cauliflower cheese. Is that something you uh, you had as a child?
2: <laughs> I, I don't do remember having that, but I'm sure it's very nice. I've never seen that before. How funny.
0: Yeah, she, it's uh, page uh, page 86 of the, of the cookbook. She has a recipe. Now, according to uh, the research I did, Gary Downey literally uh, bugged all the Doctor Who actors to come up with a recipe. And so um, I... The, the story, the story I heard about him contacting Liz Sladen is that uh, she gave him something just to get him to go away. <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh! So she may have pulled a recipe card out of whatever and said, "Here, take this." And so that they, they did that, but but they did do. Uh, um, I don't know who did the artwork, but there's a that's a wonderful little drawing of really of your funny. mom cooking.
2: <laughs> no, it's really lovely. So it's, uh,
0: and of course on the other side is John Pertwee's, uh, poached egg salad. So he's got that on there. There, there's some, uh, this, this, uh, this book, this book did not sell very well. They did a hardcover and a paperback, uh, of the cookbook and it's, um, it basically, I, I love the copy on the back, It says the Mocra Terror lived off a steady diet of toxic gas. The ogre fed on blood, and even the Fifth Doctor was known for his fondness for celery. And so, when the when the book was reviewed, they said, "Yeah, most of these um, recipes did, you know, result in toxic gas." So. What do you John, John Nathan Turner did a few things in here. Terrence Dix, uh, you know, people from the show, they just got as many people as they could to put that together. Um, they also did a really nice article on your mom in the 20th anniversary uh, celebration book. I'm sure you have one of these somewhere.
2: No, I don't think I've seen this one.
0: Oh, no, no. OK. Um, but, yeah, they do a nice uh, article here on Sarah Jane uh, in just just a beautiful uh beautiful pictures uh here they, this is one of my favorite photos that they do with uh, oh, her and tom lovely
2: isn't it a lovely yeah. photo of Ian as well wasn't that lovely
0: oh yeah uh he was such a nice guy i got to meet him as well and sadly oh, really? died way too young yeah he was he was in chicago uh he was one of the guests at uh spirit of light and uh, just sad, died too young. Uh, just a, a, a budding writer too, you know. He novelized many Doctor Who stories and was a really brilliant writer. Um, and I guess uh, you know, I know, Liz loved working with him. Uh, and, and that was just a great team that uh, Dr. Harry and Sarah team was just, uh, um, an, um, you know, kind of, it kind of was reminiscent to William Hartnell's, uh, you know, William Russell and Jacqueline Hill, you know, characters uh, working together and having that relationship and that, that relationship that was, you know, not, you know, they were close, but not too close. You know what sure, I mean? Yeah, they, yeah. They, they would, they trusted each other with their lives, but that was as far as it went. And sarah jane was the independent woman you know she was a journalist she was going after the the you know going after the story and going after the you know that and, and trying to and trying her best to stay out of trouble but didn't like <laughs> being the damsel did not like being the damsel in distress so uh but i want to close i have here a copy of the sarah jane quiz book
1: oh my gosh
0: so I'm going to give you the first. The first quiz here is how well do you know Sarah Jane? So we're going to test your knowledge. <laughs> and don't worry if you get any wrong. No one's gonna no one's gonna write back and say anything. But there are ten. There are let's see. There's ten questions. So let's see. The first question. These are multiple choice. So uh, first question is uh, where does Sarah Jane live? Is it Bannerman Road, Flagstaff Road, or Bunting Street? uh bannerman road bannerman road we'll have a ding ding edited in there okay what was the name of sarah jane's alien supercomputer was it mr jones miss peabody or mr smith
2: oh mr smith
0: mr smith is correct you're two for two and where does she keep her computer is it in the potting shed the attic or the cellar it's in
2: the
0: attic in the attic of course and what is sarah jane's profession was she a journalist a private investigator or a florist
2: <laughs> a journalist
0: A journalist, of course uh sarah jane used to be attached to a super secret military organization was it mi6 unit or mj12 Ooh, unit unit all right we are halfway there sarah jane was orphaned as a baby who brought her up was it her aunt lydia her aunt laura or her aunt lavinia Aunt Lavinia. Aunt Lavinia. She is mentioned many times in the program. What is so special about Sarah Jane's favorite lipstick? Does it not (laughs) smudge? It tastes of strawberries? Or is it sonic? It is a sonic lipstick. It is sonic lipstick. But I'm sure it doesn't smudge either. I've never seen her with smudged lipstick. Uh, Sarah Jane used to go traveling in time and space with whom? Was it with the trickster, the master, or the doctor?
2: Or oh, the doctor? <laughs> Easy question
0: there. <laughs> ah, what really annoys Sarah Jane about her neighbor Jita Chandra? That she calls her Sarah all the time, the way she drives, or her
2: laugh? i think i'm gonna have to go for the first one that she keeps calling her sarah that
0: is correct she keeps calling her sarah i don't like the way she keeps calling me sarah all the time <laughs> and the final question what is so special about sarah jane's wristwatch it can tell time on Metebelis 3 it can detect aliens or it can translate any alien language oh i don't
2: know this one actually is it it can detect aliens <laughs>
0: And we have a 10 for 10 (laughs) so you know sarah jane (laughs) that is so much fun yeah the sarah jane quiz but i got i got i i got this the other day for about a dollar used i thought i thought what a what a wonderful thing and of course the the quizzes uh start from um mostly from um the uh the Sarah Jane adventure, but there's some wonderful publicity photos in here, um, of her and some in black and white, some in color. Um, and one of the, one of the things, you know, just some, some wonderful pictures here and a beautiful picture of Nicholas Courtney there. I, I know that uh, Nicholas Courtney made his final appearance, uh, in the Sarah Jane adventures, uh, before he sadly passed away. One, also one of my favorite people, um, from Doctor Who, just a, a wonderful man. I met him back in the 80s as well. Just oh,
1: really? a really oh
0: great, great guy. Yeah, I've 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 been very blessed to to interact with many of the people in Doctor Who, and and some of them, you know, like uh my best, my favorite story from 85 was I was getting into the elevator of the hotel to go back to my room, and in the elevator was John Pertwee in full Wurzel gummage, costume and oh, character. God. And and he's proceeded to stay in character and entertain everybody in the elevator. He hit all the buttons, so we'd stop at every floor. And at one point we were we were pretty packed and he would say, oh, come in, we've got plenty of room in here <laughs> and stuff like that. And then basically worked his way up so that after the last person left, he could go back to his suite. So I thought that was an experience you could never, I, I would, you know, of course there were no phones, but um, I a friend of mine was in the elevator with me and I said, okay, you saw this too. <laughs> <laughs> so that memory is just is ingrained in my mind and of course uh when we were when gene and i were at the dealer's table in 85 john pert we walked into the dealer's room and walked up to our table and we were just you know starstruck of course you know he's looking down and looks look at all this stuff <laughs> and he picks up a copy of the cave monsters and holds up and says you think it's a good likeness yeah. <laughs> He's like, I never liked this stuff. You know, it's just like, oh, look at all this. And finally, his handler caught up with him. Mr. Burtway, we've got to, we've got to go. We got to go. We got a session. And so he got, he kind of had a chance to wander around a little bit. And He said, you know, that was the other complaint that the, they didn't get a chance to to enjoy the convention. They were always on the on the clock, and um, yeah. that's something I know. I know Chicago Tardis. I, I noticed, you know, a lot of people walking through the dealer's room and walking around and checking out different things. And uh, it was, um, I think few years ago, I was doing a session, I I do my collecting session every year there. And I'm I'm in the middle of the presentation and Fraser Hines walked in and sat in the back (laughs) row. And I was like, this is great. Oh, let's keep, keep going and, and do this. And it just it was a lot of fun to, to, to basically interact with people that we see as, you know, people we've seen on TV, but they're real people and they, you know, they're, they're wonderful to interact with and talk with. And, and, uh, I got the impression just even from the one comment about your visit to Chicago that everybody loved having you there. You know, I certainly enjoyed meeting you, um, myself and, and, um, and just the fact that, you know, big finish was able to bring you over and, and, and have that part. And, and I, I also thought it was funny that in the photograph line, so many people just wanted their photo with you.
2: Oh, <laughs>
0: I felt bad for Jason and the and, and rest and they were like, Oh, okay. <laughs> you know? <laughs> so I, you know, I, th- I think I know that got the wheel spinning there and they said, well, maybe we need to do individual photographs for those folks. And <laughs> cause that was just a, a wonderful, a wonderful thing. But, uh, but, uh, Sadie, it was great to have you. Uh, don't go away. I want to ask one more thing of you after we sign off, but to our okay. listeners here, we've been talking with Sadie Miller. She's the daughter of Elizabeth Sladen and currently playing, uh, Sarah, Jane Smith with Big Finish. You can find her audio adventures uh, at BigFinish.com, and she's the author of a wonderful book called Moonblink which you can get at Candy Jar Books. It's in the Lethbridge Stewart series. Uh, it's still available. So she's a she's a wonderful writer, a wonderful actress, uh, and uh, of course, uh, I remember from her first interview I saw she was in a working in a call center, living the dream, was what she said. <laughs> So thank you, Sadie, for being with us today.
2: Thank you so much for having me. Thank you. Hi, I'm Juliet.
1: And I'm Nathan.
2: Experience Doctor Who from the very beginning through a classic fan's eyes
1: and through the eyes of a new who fan reminisce and relive those classic moments with nathan as he offers fun insight or experience them for the first time with Juliet as she dwells on social issues history fashion and the size of the flashlight we're the time streams podcast
0: find us on spotify stitcher or apple podcasts you're listening to the doctor who collectors podcast keep collecting Are you ready to travel through time with us? Then check out Traveling the Vortex, a Doctor Who podcast. For nearly seven years and more than 500 episodes, we've traveled from one end of the vortex to the other, making different stops with different doctors, reviewing everything from tv stories to audio plays from books to comics and more sean keith and glenn take you on a journey through 50 plus years of doctor who episodes and spin-off materials you can find us wherever you get your podcasts so be sure to check us out and now we're a proud member of direction point a doctor who podcast network you're listening to the doctor who collectors podcast keep collecting
1: With all my travelings throughout the universe i have battled against evil
0: against power-mad conspirators. I should have stayed here. The oldest civilization, decadent, degenerate, and rotten to the core. Power-mad conspirators, Daleks, tyrants, Cybermen. They're still in the nursery compared to us. Ten million years of absolute power. That's what it takes to be really corrupt. And now it's time for the Most Outrageous Offer. Uh, today, uh, we have something that is related to our main story. Uh, a copy of the book, Who's That Girl? The Autobiography of Elizabeth Sladen. That was published in, uh, looks like, 2011. And it's uh, it's a book uh, that was widely distributed, very popular. And uh, I just want to point out that we now kind of know from, and this came to us via email it's one of the emails I picked out because it kind of fit our show today and it's from Abe's Books which is one of the sites that actually has this problem and it's a problem because it's unscrupulous sellers that use robot stores. Now here's how it kind of works now I'm not going to spoil the whole thing because we're going to get the entire story about how this works in our next episode we are talking to David J. Howe, and he actually unfolds this entire um, scam uh, as, as it works and how it works. So I'm, I'm guaranteeing this bookstore that I'm about to talk about doesn't even have this book in stock, because what they're going to do is if you pay this price, they're going to buy the book at a much lower price from another seller who's offering it at a at a more reasonable price and sell it to you for the most unreasonable prices and how those prices get up. Now, of course, assuming that the cycle will continue, they will probably target this listing and offer the book for twice as much as what they're offering for this one and do the same thing. They'll buy it from them. So before this book even goes into the hands of a single consumer, it's not even you know, it's it's one book or two books at the lower price that you're actually buying at a much higher price, if that makes sense. Um, David is going to explain that in great detail in our next episode. But here's the most outrageous offer. Uh, who's that girl? The autobiography of Elizabeth Slayton. And the bookseller is Reevaluation Books or Revaluation Books from Exeter. In the United Kingdom, they've been a seller since 2003 with a 4 out of 5 star rating. So not a perfect rating. Uh, the shipping, of course, to the United States is $13.67. And they're asking $162.29, which is a really unusual price for a book. Which kind leads of leads me to that, that conclusion that this is not a real um, person behind the price of this store. Uh, As always, we reach out to the store to ask if the price is legitimate. We did not hear back. You can get copies of this book as low as $6.40 in new or used condition because it's been out for a while and many, many copies were had. So you should not pay more than $20 for this book in any location Uh, unless, of course, if it's, you know... um, you know, if, if you have a special copy or a promo copy or something like that, then that's going to raise the price on a collectible anyway. But in this case, um, if you just want the book, if you want to read the book, if you want it for your collection, you don't need to pay that high price. Look for the lower prices. If you go to abooks.com, look for the title of the book and sort them by lowest price. You can do that. You can also sort them by highest price. Uh, when I go to check these links, I, I often look back to see if it's still there. This one is still posted as of this taping. And so um, you can get the book. It looks like they've got new book, new copies here from 42.30, 30 which is still a little bit high. But they got some uh, used-in-new books from $6.40. Now, I did not check Amazon or Amazon.UK. I'm sure this book is still available in those platforms. You might even find a good price on eBay. But some eBay stores do the exact same thing. Uh, especially if they say to allow uh, several weeks for processing, which means they got to buy the book from somebody else and then send it out to you. So I think we've uncovered the scam. Uh, and again, tune into our next episode. David J. Howe will um, will do that. So um, that uh, concludes our most outrageous offer. Uh, I want to personally thank. Elizabeth uh, Sladen's daughter, Sadie Miller, for being with us. Uh, She represents our highest-ranking Doctor Who guest on the program, as she is a current Doctor Who companion, and we are very pleased for that. Our next episode, we'll be talking to David J. Howe, and he will uh, be—we'll be talking to him about his new book, *The New Who Adventures*. So that's uh, exactly what we're, we're looking at there. We're gonna, we've also got coming up our, our next installment of Doctor Who classic hardcovers, which, um, which basically has uh, Tony Whit, of course, and we're gonna talk about the hardcovers that came out in 1978. So we're gonna close uh, with a little audio clip here, and it's uh, from the show Public Eye, which was aired in 1972 and it uh, features Elizabeth Sladen as a policewoman. And you can also find this clip on our Patreon page. We'll have the video clip as well. Uh, it is very close to the time that she was on Doctor Who, which is a year later, when she joined uh, John Pertwee for the Time Warrior. Uh, so uh, it's a wonderful thing to see her in other things. And uh, of course we keep her in our, in our hearts since uh, she is no longer with us. I was uh, very, very uh, pleased to have Sadie Miller on the program. So anyway, here's Elizabeth Sladen as a policewoman in public eye. And keep collecting.
1: Can I get you anything, Frangler?
2: What is happening? Oh, there'll be some news soon, I'm sure. Um, tea or something, coffee, and I'm not very good at it.
1: Direction point! Direction point!
0: A Doctor Who Podcast Network.